0: Welcome to the Northeastern Next Podcast, your channel for the latest alumni stories in Boston and beyond. In this show, we'll catch up with Northeastern alumni who are out there achieving what's next. As a natural storyteller, entrepreneur, and filmmaker, Daniel Clark turned his passion for supporting wildlife into Escape the Zoo, a wildlife media company in Los Angeles. Hi, Daniel. Well, thanks for calling in to the Northeastern Next podcast. I'm happy to have you all the way from the West Coast.
1: Yes, I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Megan.
0: So before we get into what you're up to now, um, tell me a little bit about your Northeastern background and where it all started there.
1: Yeah, so I graduated in 2012 with a degree in finance and entrepreneurship and did the whole three co-op program thing and really, really, really enjoyed my time at Boston. Um, I'm from the New England area originally, so I grew up right outside of Providence. So wasn't too hard for me to acclimate myself to Boston.
0: Yeah. And I know your entrepreneurial journey started right after you graduated with the Fresh Truck and the social venture. Tell me a little bit about that. We'll kind of jump to where you are now because I feel like you've pivoted quite a bit, but I'm curious to hear about what it was like to start that and some lessons you learned.
1: Yeah. So Fresh Truck was an amazing experience. Basically, we convert school buses into mobile grocery stores that travel to underserved Boston communities that don't have access to fresh and affordable foods. So there's so much money that's pumped into health education and nutrition education, but unless folks in certain neighborhoods have access to that food, it's really hard for that education to come full circle. So Fresh Truck works with health centers, community centers, housing developments to basically be an access point of fresh and affordable foods for folks that are going through those nutrition educations and for folks who don't live nearby to grocery stores. And that was really the brainchild of my really good friend, who's also an NU alum, Josh Troutwine, who graduated a year before me, so 2011, I believe. And he was working in Charlestown, running a lot of this nutrition education, was getting the same feedback that the education was working. People felt more empowered to make healthier decisions, but when they went back home, there was nowhere to shop for these foods. So. Through talking, we, we got right into the Northeastern NU IDEA program, which really helps to incubate small businesses, won the $10,000 grant through NU IDEA, won a business planning competition, raised a bunch of money on Kickstarter and turned it from concept into reality, ran a, a pilot program. And then I ended up moving to Los Angeles. But since then, Josh and Annika Morgan, who is also an NU alum, I think a year younger than me have scaled fresh truck to heights that I never could have expected it getting to. I mean, now they have three buses on the road, I think a team of eight to 10 people. um, And it's just an absolute huge (laughs) nonprofit now, which is pretty exciting. But kudos to Josh and Annika for really scaling that to where it is today.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I think it's nice to see where those small ideas really are able to scale to that kind of vision you originally had. And so did you now you have this wildlife media startup, which I think is so interesting. But did you learn anything from that first venture? Like what made you pivot into this kind of new new world? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's a totally different world that I'm in now. But a lot of it was just uh, being out in Los Angeles. You're kind of every single person, you know, is in the entertainment world in general. And um, something that I learned through Fresh Truck and various other startups that I had at Northeastern is that Fresh Truck was really Josh's brainchild, and he always really, really deeply cared about health and family nutrition. And while I really valued the entrepreneurial experience, I wasn't necessarily passionate about health and wellness in the same way that I am wildlife or nature, being outdoors, et cetera. So when I was looking for my next venture, this really seemed to be much more in line with something that I know I could dedicate my life to. And I'm a true believer that Patience is probably the most important thing when it comes to the entrepreneurial journey. And it's something that, if I could hang my hat on one thing that I'd be passionate about for
0: a long period
1: of time, it would be supporting wildlife. And um, I've always loved storytelling and using film and photographs to be able to do that. And so it just seemed like a really natural fit for me personally. So I guess the big difference is I've always loved entrepreneurship, but this was a little bit more my passion within the entrepreneurial journey.
0: Great. And so so. tell me, um, it's called Escape the Zoo. Tell me what it's all about and what is part of that.
1: Yeah. So Escape the Zoo is really a media production company that we make content specifically to support wildlife. I think, unfortunately, well, fortunately, wildlife is probably the most entertaining, interesting, unbelievable gift that we have on this earth. And Unfortunately, it's a very marginalized group right now. And I wanted to lend my passion for storytelling to be able to tell their story, kind of give a voice to the voiceless. And one, like obviously I care about helping them because they're largely, or wildlife because they're largely marginalized. But more importantly, I just think it's really compelling and fun storytelling to be able to do. So that takes a lot of different forms. The big project that we're working on now is we have a documentary that. I'm actually finally finishing in the next two weeks here (laughs) that uh, has been 18 months in in the works, which is all about, it's called Feral, and it's all about the overpopulation of feral cats in Hawaii, which is a super weird and interesting story, but to kind of give you the 30-second elevator pitch, when you think of how Hawaii was formed, right, a volcano blows under the ocean, creates this archipelago of volcanic rock The only life that ever got there either swam there, floated there, or flew there. So basically, it was an avian paradise. There weren't amphibians or reptiles. The only mammals were monk seals, which could swim there, and bats, which could fly. So basically, over millions of years, you had this isolated group of animals that could be found nowhere else in the world, and they're mostly all birds. So then when humans came and introduced mammalian predators like cats, not only were there no predators, but they just had an incredibly healthy climate. So they've just reproduced like crazy. And they think there's over 300,000 feral cats on Oahu alone. And these are just like little domestic cats, but generation after generation, they become a little less socialized, but they're having incredibly poor impacts on critically endangered bird species. They also shed a parasite that is getting washed into the ocean and killing critically endangered Hawaiian monk seals and spinner dolphins. And it's just this weird, super interesting story. But also the cats themselves don't live particularly good lives living out on their own. Um, They live much shorter lives than a domestic cat would. But the documentary itself really focuses on the fact that it's caused this huge, heated, politicized debate in Hawaii because you get the animal welfare folks who want to take care of the cats and make sure that they're okay out in the wild. And then you get the conservationists who are saying, we need to eradicate all these cats or we're going to lose entire species of animals. And the doc really talks about people's tendency to really divide instead of compromise in times of disagreement, which I think is largely applicable to society at large right now. And unfortunately it's become such a heated debate that anybody that could support the problem really just doesn't want to get involved for Fear of backlash. So I think it's really topical and relevant and I'm super excited about it. I'm sorry, I just went on a long soliloquy No, that's
0: so interesting. Where did you find this inspiration for such a specific problem in Hawaii? Had you traveled there? Where did this come from?
1: Yeah, I wanted to go to Hawaii to film the Hawaiian monk seal. It's just a really unique animal with a long and difficult history. Basically, they were all over the Hawaiian islands. It's one of only three seal species that live in tropical islands, uh, tropical waters, one of which is already extinct. And they were hunted to near extinction uh, back when the Polynesians came to Hawaii. But I knew that it was a highly endangered animal that I could also find because they're big and they're kind (laughs) of cute and fat and they're just like sitting on the side of the the water. So as opposed to like going to the islands of Borneo and trying to hunt the rainforest to find a specific bird, I knew that I could go and find the Hawaiian monk seal. So I reached out to a gentleman who runs a nonprofit that helps to protect the seals in Hawaii and basically said, Hey, if I make a video about your nonprofit that helps you kind of promote it a little bit better, would you be willing to show me around? And he basically agreed and was taking me out on jet skis to go to all these uninhabited islands to film the monk seals. And through that, I asked him like, why are they struggling so bad? And he gave, a, a couple reasons that you'd expect like fishery interactions etc and then the last thing he said was cats and I was just like we, we talked for another 45 minutes and then at the end I was like John did you say cats were affecting the seals and then he goes into this long thing about this parasite that cats secrete that, it's a mind-controlling parasite. I don't want to get too into it, but it's super fascinating, and it it just has really bad detriments to the sea life and potentially even the human population in Hawaii. And I kind of went down the rabbit hole from there and decided that instead of taking a trip to film the Hawaiian monk seal, I would just kind of stay there for a while and make this film. Yeah. So, where so. did
0: you learn to make a documentary?
1: Uh, I. I mean, I'm still learning. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, I suffer from something where I think things are a lot easier than they actually are when you get into it, which I think in some ways is a, is a positive, but in a lot of ways is a negative. But I mean, I took photography 101 at Northeastern, so like I knew <laughs> my way around a camera. Uh, I had just come off of uh, another alum. James Philbin is one of my best friends. He's a creative director, videographer, and we had gone on a 40-day trip daily vlogging national parks throughout all of the West coast of America. And just for like YouTube, it was just kind of a fun passion project. So I really understood, like I had, could edit pretty basically and archaically and naturally when you live in Los Angeles, 90% of your friends work in entertainment. So I knew, and like being an entrepreneur, ultimately, like you need to be a storyteller, like we wouldn't have raised the money to do fresh truck if I didn't know how to storytell. So. I was confident in my abilities around a camera and confident in my abilities to interview people. And I basically just amassed as much content as humanly possible. And then when I got back to LA really engaged the people who are the experts on the ground to really help me create a cohesive story around it. Mainly that being Andrew Zen, who is another alumni who runs Zen films, who's a partner with me on the film. And he's really elevated the project to a level that I never thought it would get to. And it's, Narrated by a really well-known actor, which is super exciting. I can't say who it is yet because the <laughs> paperwork's not finalized. But um, it's just—it's because of again the alumni network. I'm helping the 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 cause of the Northeastern Next podcast. But it's true. I mean, 90% of the people I hang out in L.A. are from Northeastern, and Zen and I partnered on this. And um, I'm still learning how to make a documentary to answer your question, but I've had some. Good help along the way. Yeah,
0: I think you, you answered my question about this kind of Northeastern network and how it's really everywhere and how there's an LA community. There are people I'm sure you keep in touch with not in LA. But yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, the I whole reason you're... I moved to Los Angeles is for my girlfriend who went to Northeastern that I met yeah. after school. And because of her friends, I mean, we literally almost exclusively <laughs> hang around with NU people. So, which is a good and a bad thing, I guess. I should be a little more open to meeting other (laughs) people. but
0: I love that. And so the other part is your own podcast that you call Escape the Zoo. So tell me about that and and maybe some of your favorite conversations you've had on that show. Uh,
1: I mean, Escape the Zoo is literally the most self-indulgent podcast in the world. (laughs) I basically was, because of the line of work I'm in, all I do is follow wildlife photographers, cinematographers, conservationists on Instagram, and I would always wonder... How did that person get so close to a grizzly bear to be able to take that photo? Or like where they found the most rare monkey in the world in the Amazon rainforest. Just these crazy media that I was seeing people capture that I just wanted to learn more about the story. And so the podcast really is just bringing on people who I really admire and look up to. It's mostly National Geographic photographers, Disney nature cinematographers, BBC people from planet Earth, et cetera. And just really talking about their experiences in the wild, going to the edges of the world to find the rarest animals in the world and what that was like. Was it, I mean, from a strength and conditioning perspective, from a fear mitigation perspective, from all the way into the conservation of the specific animals. So, yeah, it's called the Escape the Zoo podcast. If anybody wants to check it out, it's anywhere you can find podcasts. And to me, it's just really fun because it's also it's a great I mean, it's literally just scratching the itch of wanting to learn the stories that I'm super interested in.
0: Yeah. And how many episodes have you done for that?
1: Uh, 25 so far. Nice. We launch, Yeah. So launch every single Monday. So we've been doing it for about six months now. And we've heard stories all from a guy who thought he was going to get eaten by a sperm whale to <gasps> tracking down the Sumatran rhino, which is one of the rarest animals in the world, to getting attacked by a cheetah to seeing some of the most unique aggregations of whale sharks in the entire world. Just some really, really interesting stories from some really reputable National Geographic people.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. So what, I guess, what advice would you give someone who has that kind of itch to start to follow their passion and start, whether it's an entrepreneurial path or really just to follow that passion? Do you have any advice for them? You seems to be someone who has always embraced that.
1: Yeah, I think ultimately, anybody going through the entrepreneurial journey, and I don't, I, I can't really, I mean, everything I've had has been to varying degrees of success. So I don't even know if I would consider myself fully there yet. But to the extent that I can offer advice, I would just say patience and self-awareness are probably the two most important things. And a lack of self-awareness to a certain degree, I think you need to be a little bit more willing to take the risk to go for it, but really understand what your strengths and weaknesses are and look out for help where you, where you need it. But ultimately, I truly believe that most people really don't become successful in the line of work that they've chosen until they've been in it until five to nine years. And we live in a very instant feedback society. So it's really hard to push past that second or third year. And I think just staying the course and being really, really patient and just trusting the process is probably the most important great advice that I could offer.
0: And so this is the Northeastern Next podcast. So we mm. like to ask, what's next for you? I know this documentary is coming out soon, but what do you have on the horizon for Escape yeah. the Zoo or your next The documentary project?
1: will be out um, if you go to feraldocumentary.com. Uh, the website is very archaic now. We're launching the full thing, but you can sign up for the newsletter to kind of get updates as to when it will ultimately be ab- available to watch. Um, so that's the biggest thing that we're working on the podcast every single Monday will continue to come out. I'm working on a couple TV production things that would be super exciting if they come through, but and that would be more like major network stuff. But again, uh, I take everything with a grain of salt until it's actually reality. Working on some other brand partnership things for the for the podcast, but also some smaller media projects that kind of steady as she goes and fundraising as well for the next documentary that I'm making that I haven't really released the full details of yet. But the second, this one kind of comes out and starts getting out there i'm starting work on the next one so
0: i guess that's the nature of media that you can't always share the details until it's final but we'll definitely stay tuned and get to learn yeah, more about and, those
1: and i'm not somebody who keeps things particularly close <laughs> to the chest it's more that once i share it i know i have to do it which is uh i i'm just not there yet with the new documentary um but and the other stuff is really dependent on other people not me so i don't want to say i have this tv show that's going to get greenlit that ultimately isn't my decision. But uh, yeah, I mean, following Escape the Zoo on Instagram, I post pretty much, that's like the one channel I use a lot and any updates and all updates will be on there.
0: That's perfect. And so we have time for one bonus question. Um, sure. What What's your favorite Northeastern memory?
1: Oh man, <laughs> there's a lot of them. That's a good question. I think the first time we brought Fresh Truck onto campus was pretty cool just because it was such a full circle experience from not only learning about how to be an entrepreneur in class but also fundraising for a good amount of the ability to do that through northeastern idea or new idea um that was a really cool moment other than that it was really just the day-to-day i mean being able to go into the merino center and see 25 of your closest (laughs) friends is just an experience that you don't have when you're not in college so i think just the day-to-day experience at northeastern or something i wouldn't trade for the world
0: well that's awesome um thank you so much for your time and telling us more about this i'll i'll link all those in our show notes and so people can connect with escape the zoo and learn more
1: yeah please do and thanks so much for having me and i'm a big fan of the podcast so keep (laughs) listening to to other alumni
0: awesome thank you
1: no problem have a good one
0: Thanks for listening. To connect with Daniel Clark, follow Escape the Zoo on Instagram or visit his website escapethezoo.tv. This is Megan Brisson from Alumni Relations. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. New episodes are released every other Tuesday. See you next time.